Welcome back to another episode of Let's Face the Facts. I'm David Almeida, and every week I sit down with an actor or artist friend. We watch an episode of the classic sitcom, The Facts of Life. Then I hit record, we talk about the show, and anything and everything else it might inspire us to discuss. This week, my guest is Kathy Baker Wood, another one of the many, many hilarious, funny, talented, insane, crazy, awesome people that I get to work with here in Central Florida. Kathy is one of my especially most favorite people. I just adore this girl, and she is hilariously funny, and hopefully you will understand what I'm talking about by the time the show is over. Uh, This week, she and I watched season four, episode 11, and it's called September Song. The original air date was December 22nd, 1982. That's all. No really other intros this week. Think we're ready to jump on in. Let's face the facts with Kathy Baker Wood. Well, welcome to the show, Kathy Baker Wood. Well, thank you, David Almeida Meda. We... <laughs> How do people say your last name? Almeida? 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 Almeida. People say it everywhere, up and down, but it <laughs> is Americanized, so we say Almeida. Almeida. Yeah. I know. I'm Even the Portuguese Almeida. But when we talk about you, which we do as in the world the world always is talking about Almeida Almeida? no Almeida (laughs) I used to say Almeida all the time anyway so there are people who are close friends of mine who still mispronounce it it's I it's just a fact of life I know oh oh see what I did fact of life see what I did when the world never seems to be living up to your dreams we just watched the show (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes, we did. No, before we start, actually, Kathy, yes. you are one of my mostest favoritest people in the whole wide world ever, ever, ever. Oh, and I, I, I wish I, I could say the same. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I mean, let, let me, I say the same about you all the time. Stop beating your head against the wall. <laughs> I adore you. You're one of the few that still like me, despite um, all of the rumors. <laughs> we have just watched. September Song. It was written by Bob Pete, P-E-E-T-E. I looked up his credits. He's got a lot of good times, some different strokes, uh, some What's Happening Now, oh my which God. was the sequel show to right. What's Happening. Right. And uh, and a lot of <laughs> Amen, the Sherman Hemsley yes. show. Remember that? I I saw maybe a couple, but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So he's, he was certainly... Um, involved in high profile shows and all that but this is i think his only writing credit for facts of life but this show was the first thing i said to you before we played it was i was like what the fuck does this title mean i had pre-watched it and taken my notes but as i sat down to show it to you i went wait a minute i realized i'd never understood what the title meant i had thought it was referring to may december romances at first like that's right kind of September Song, this is according to Wikipedia, is an American standard popular song composed by Kurt Vile with lyrics by Maxwell Anderson, originally introduced by Walter Houston in the 1938 Broadway musical production Knickerbocker Holiday. Woo! Say that yeah, 10 times fast. Exactly. Knickerbocker I, Holiday. Now, why haven't they Actually. revived that? <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know. It's yeah, so wow. popular. Um, and and it, is, it has a clickable link. I will look to see what that show is. Um, 
The song is an older person's plea to a younger potential lover that the courting activities of younger suitors and the objects of their desire are transient and time-wasting. As an older suitor, the speaker hasn't, quote, got time for the waiting game. So it, uh, you are absolutely right that it's it's a reference, and the, and May to December is a lyric in there. So it, part of the lyric is May December, and this could be the origin of the term, a May December romance. I that's what I wondered. Yeah, actually. it very well could it up, be. Thought, oh. If not, it's an early, certainly an early reference to it because it's. I mean, we're talking 1938. That's like before the history of recorded wow. time. That's- I was at least 12 then. <laughs> Something like that. You look oh, great, kiddo. Thank you. The surgery's paying off. Oh. <laughs> I was just shut I can't move my mouth. Before we go on, okay. uh, the beginning of the show, I always ask my guest, mm. would you please, Kathy Baker Wood, give us just a one or two sentence, quick, quick synopsis of what we just watched. Like what you might see in the TV guide, just to give a general idea. Oh, gosh, what we'd see in the TV guide. Like, oh, <laughs> let's see. <laughs> Mrs. Garrett may have found love while wearing an amazingly bright red outfit. <laughs> Wear your sunglasses, folks, and join us at 8 p.m. <laughs> Good Lord. And shiny pants. You, and shiny pants. You later discovered. I, yeah. Yes, that, I almost missed that. Which yeah. I'm sorry. It's... Wow. Very, very thankful I didn't. Um, now, did you watch the show growing up? Was yes. this a thing oh, for yes. you? Absolutely. You need not divulge your age, but oh. if... Um... <laughs> yeah. Anybody who has any inkling of who I am, uh, yeah, <laughs> they know. So. Did you watch it faithfully? Or I did. did. You did? I did. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But TV in general was very, very important. Mm-hmm. I, I mean... Hells yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know what I would have done without... TV, literally. Like, I mean, what did people it, do? Did they read? Because I, I <laughs> it raised. We were raised by the television. Yeah, our right. generation. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, the interesting thing is that this episode is about Mrs. Garrett uh, being in a romantic affiliation. Yes. And it's called September Song, and we've already been discussing the May December thing. Um, one of the issues that comes up early is the age of her suitor, and he admits to being seventy. Uh-huh. And the actor is 70. I did look it up. Oh, he was, We'll talk okay. about him in a minute. Okay. Um, but at one point, it is explicitly stated, he's old enough to be Mrs. Her Garrett's father. father. And <laughs> you looked at me. I know, I know. I was like, <laughs> you looked what? at me and you're like, and you even said, how old is Mrs. Garrett's <laughs> And I'm like, we will talk. Shh, save it for the show. Shh. And, but it's true. Charlotte Ray at this point is 56. She's 56 She's there. 56 here. So he is only 14 years older than her. Ooh, wow. That's a heck of a father. But... <laughs> yeah. I mean, not Ew. impossible, but well, really. No. Yeah. yeah. That's absurd. But highly improbable. But were they trying to say that Mrs. Garrett was in her 40s, uh, I, supposedly? I hope they weren't trying to pass that off. It's like, girl, come I on. Mean, I always wonder, because she always seemed... So old, because I, you know, yeah, we, we were young watching the show, but I always thought, well, you know, anybody wears their hair like that, and the whole thing, she looks so matronly, and they, obviously that was a, a yeah. choice. But even then, when you think fifty-six, so the episode starts in the cafeteria, and it's the yes. four girls, and they are aerobicizing. <laughs> Such a big fad. the eating area, yes. Yeah, Um, sweating uh where they serve the food. Uh Uh-huh. Like Uh you do. Yeah. And they are, um, they're listening to what is a cassette tape, we assume, of 
some high energy exercise music. Oh, yeah. And it's, I guess it's like Joe is sort of leading them, but they're not really in sync. It's a little sloppy, but all of them are kind of like, <laughs> like, like they're dying. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, we have to have a little costume check here. When they're not in their uniforms and they're in their street clothes, discussions happen. Oh, my God. Joe is wearing sweats. Appropriate. Blair is wearing an all-black tracksuit. Yes. Appropriate. Yeah, yeah, I, I would agree. Yeah. Tootie is wearing a sweatshirt and leg warmers over her, her, her jeans. jeans. I know, I know. What is happening? <laughs> I thought the same thing. I'm like, okay, is that really what I'm seeing? No. Is that really what I'm seeing? Leg Did warmers. Where are, uh, leg warmers warm your legs when there's nothing else to warm them. I, I, Who puts leg warmers over... <laughs> so ridiculous. I don't know, but it was very fashionable, you know. And that's why my my brain immediately went back to high school. And I'm like, did I ever see anybody do that? Because I wasn't cool enough to have leg warmers. Okay, oh. <laughs> I went to Catholic high school, and God forbid, because God also hates people who wear leg warmers. I guess, <laughs> because I had to wear skirts in like ten wear, degree weather. You wear those little plaid skirts and freeze your legs off. And, oh my God! And praise Jesus Awful. and like it. Right. Oh, wow. Yes. Oh yes. But Awful. it's. And the thing we've talked about is, okay, so that could be a costumer fail. But does it's like, I, Kim Fields, did you look and yes. say, is this a real, I'm, I, don't talk, I'm, I'm only a 14-year-old girl right here. Right, yeah. Playing, oh God, she's 13. She's playing 15, but she is 13. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, but to say, uh, I'm an actual 13-year-old, I'm an actual teenager that you're right. costuming and... You don't put leg warmers over jeans. You would think that they would know, and yeah. or did they have any say in it? So whenever you, I see stuff like know. that in film or TV, I always think, where was that conversation, or did it ever happen? Yeah, and was it, someone afraid to have it, or did it just yes. did was or they clueless? Yes. yes. Yeah, yeah. So many times it you depends. See stuff. It depends on the dynamic of everything that you know. Whoever's oh. you know yeah. so important enough that they're doing that. So Tootie's outfit is a bit of a disaster. Yes. And then we have Natalie. Natalie. Oh, Lord of my When I want to go to the gym, you know what I reach for? <laughs> Skin tight <laughs> green overalls. The thing. They're so tight. Skin and what, tight. And what the hell? Green like, overalls. Yes, I guess. And not denim. Like, mm -hmm. not denim overalls. They were no. made of, they looked like a, a, a gauze a very thin, breezy, like summery type of a fabric. I have no idea. No idea. And None at all. That's what I was trying to figure it out. <laughs> I, I am so confused too. And I've said before, Mindy Cohn, they've put her in form-fitting stuff a couple of other times. And even though Natalie is unspokenly the fat one. Oh, yeah. She actually looks okay. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. As far as it's like... You know, her body is, she's she's a curvy girl. Yeah. The thing I have such a problem with is the boobs. They are so uh, well, unsupported. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they are not small. <laughs> and yet... So what you do is have her be up front in a really brightly colored outfit <sighs> and then doing jumping jacks. And then doing jumping jacks, because yeah. Because them are the facts of life, baby. Yeah. <laughs> it's, right, it's right there. That's not too subliminal. <laughs> But I, I, it's, I know. yeah. So we have two wins and two 
epic fails. So yeah, yeah, really bad choices for the costuming. Sorry, yeah. I don't know who did the costumes, yeah. but and, and chances still... are they aren't alive now, so it's okay. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> but this is uh, the catapult to the conversation about wow, we should be in better shape. Even Mrs. Garrett is jogging two miles a day. And it's like, well, she's jogging two miles a day because she's got this new fella, Professor Clayton, the English lit teacher at Bates. They've been seeing each other. We're going to talk expositionally to each other now. Right, 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 right. They've been seeing each other a lot. And what she says, one of them says, seeing each other, they're dating. What the hell? I I caught that too. Like, what is that supposed Uh, to mean? I I don't know that there was a difference. That mean like if you're seeing somebody, you're not touching them. You're just seeing. You're them. seeing. <laughs> I'm seeing. I'm, I'm seeing this person. I'm yeah, not touching them through their bedroom I'm window not kissing with them. binoculars. I'm, not, I'm, just, I'm seeing a lot of people. Wow. I, yeah. For God's sakes, I've seen the world, and this is just disgusting. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't know. I don't he, get he that. Just, I see him, and he just can't see himself dating me. <laughs> Sadly, that's the story of my life. Oh, but um. Oh. No. But the um but quickly it comes up because he's much older than she is. Much, much. <laughs> They don't look much or he yeah. doesn't look much older. And oh, so, God. okay, nineteen eighty two reference alert. <laughs> Tootie says something about, Oh, it's fine for younger women to be dating older men. And Joe says, You write one letter to Rick Springfield and suddenly you're an expert. <laughs> <laughs> I I'm not sure if there's... Is there a what? May December Rick Springfield song? I'm not familiar with his oeuvre. I... But... Not that I know of. Yeah. But the... the, the I mean, the Rick is Springfield... It just, is it just because Rick Springfield would do, like, love songs, that kind of a reference? Like, he was, you know... Yeah. A romantic heartthrob in the day. Yeah. So and you're you're friends with him, so then maybe that's Or just simply Tootie being a younger girl writing to Rick Springfield, who is an adult. The idea that you have oh, a crush oh, on... Oh, well, that makes You have a crush on... That's you have a, You know, you... <laughs> fantasize about him being your boyfriend kind of a thing. I think that's what it probably is referring to. Anyhow, enter Mrs. Garrett and uh, his name is Henry Clayton. Yes. And they have been out jogging. Yeah. (laughs) And if you're not sure which one of them is a boy and which one of them is the girl, they put him in blue. (laughs) And Mrs. Garrett is wearing what color, Kathy? Oh my God, red! I mean, it's red! Oh my eyes! And then we accent it with a towel that's also got red! The color was obnoxious. And the towel has like bright pinks and stuff in it too. But we have seen her in like bright color, like a bright blue blouse. This is a big red blousey sweatshirt kind of a thing. So it's a lot of fabric that doesn't help with the impact. Red shiny pants to it. Yeah. It's like a weird... And it's like, what, what, and and, and they weren't, I don't think they were like lycra shiny. They looked more like polished cotton or leather shiny. So is she jogging in leather pants? Did these people ever see anybody work out in their life? Did they, I mean, the 80s, that was all about aerobics. So everybody was wearing the, you know, the leotards with the, yeah, let's get physical, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And they probably all went, oh, no, we're not wearing that. Yeah. Definitely not wearing that. That's no, no, no. That would be too inappropriate. That would be way inappropriate. And then we'd have to actually discuss the facts of life with the people who yeah, we watched no, the show. No, not acceptable. Um, so because there is this speculation as to how old this old codger is, this man with one foot in the grave, <laughs> um, 
Natalie walks over. They're introduced. So they had not met him. They know him, know of him. Right. They knew his name and who she was seeing, but they had never been formally introduced. So Natalie walks over in perfect Natalie fashion. Hi, I'm Natalie. I'm 15. How old are you? <laughs> right. Big laugh. Um, she is wrong. She is not 15. Oh, oh. This is the second time this season they have gotten Natalie's age wrong. Really? Natalie was 13 and explicitly stated that she was 13 in season one. Ooh. We are now three Good seasons catch. later. Three seasons later, well, she is now... 16. Tootie is 15. Okay. And I'll take it even further. It is explicitly stated that her birthday is in September. So it's not like, well, maybe it's the middle of the school year and she hasn't turned 16 yet. No! Good for you! All right! No! <laughs> she would have been 16 at the beginning of the school year. Good for you. Now, see, now that's where I say it's the actor's fault. Because even though it, cause it could have been a different writer. Yeah. It was a different writer, actually. And so... Okay, we'll give them a little bit of leeway. But you, if you're playing that role, yeah. you remember when you said how yeah. old Didn't you Didn't I were? say I was 13 I three mean, years ago? On, right? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so true. <laughs> and and it's very clear that every season oh, so funny. far has been a new school year. I could go on, but this has I'm been... I'm trying to remember now. Yeah. This has been a long-standing thing for me I, yeah. with keeping track of the ages of the girls and both the actresses and the characters because it's not always matching. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. Good catch, sir. Yes. Good catch. Um, so the actor playing uh, Mr. Clayton mm -hmm. is uh, the actor's name, uh, character actor, Murray Matheson. Murray Matheson. And he's one of those actors where it's like, oh, I know I've seen him in a bunch of things. Don't know what the fuck they are. Yeah. Have no memory. Can't remember. I've seen, yeah, I've seen him before, too. He's yeah. one of those, those that guys of the time period. Uh -huh. He's actually Australian born. Ooh. Even though he plays English here, and clearly his thing, all I can think of was David Niven. Yeah, I did, yeah. He's <laughs> got one of those perfectly charming, clipped English <laughs> accents. Oh, well, I was just saying to Mrs. Garrett, I couldn't wait to meet the young girls. Like, he's got this so civilized yes. type of a demeanor about him. Very David Niven. Um, but he was in... He has a career that goes back to pretty much the dawn of television. He was on the Alfred Hitchcock Hour. He was on Here's Lucy. He was in Night Gallery, Marcus oh Welby, Hawaii Five O, Charlie's Marcus Angels. Marcus Welby. Oh yes. Oh my God. Yes. Uh, Battlestar Galactica. Oh. Wow. He was on Three's Company and oh, New Heart. Of course. Of course. I mean, all tons of credits of all shows that we know. And I was like, I I, right. I know I've seen him on these. Oh, Can't yeah. remember any of those appearances, but um. To look at his age, I did look it up and I was like, how old was this actor? Yeah. And he was 70 huh. when he made this. Andy has, uh, among his film credits, uh, How to Succeed in Business Without Really Trying, the oh. film version of the musical. Okay. And Rabbit Test. What? Do you remember what? Rabbit Test? No, what is that? That's the Joan Rivers written and directed movie about the first man who ever got pregnant, played by a then unknown Billy Crystal before Soap. Oh, my God. This was in the 70s. I was yeah. going to say, Billy Crystal and Soap. Yeah, that's a long time ago. So, yeah. no, I never heard of Rabbit, Rabbit Test. Rabbit Test, yeah. It is like the only movie Joan Rivers ever directed. <laughs> I think she, she wrote some other stuff, yeah. Well, that's the only one she should ever touched. Yes. Else for, oh, yeah. Then on. we had the, the later version in the 90s, the Arnold Schwarzenegger as the pregnant man, Junior. Yeah, yeah. 
so Mrs. Garrett pleasantly says, oh, Natalie is the, um, she, she writes for the school paper and always <laughs> asks the pointed questions. And he says, well, all you let her get out of me is my name, rank, and serial number. Three, four, five. Ah, it's still uncomfortable laugh. Uncomfortable laugh. Big, long, cackly, yeah, we, explosive yeah. Mrs. Garrett laugh. Yeah, we, we get that the girls are supposed to hear you laugh so much that they clearly think you're being fake. Now the audience is uncomfortable. Let's yeah. Really stop it. Stop it. So then he does say, I just reached 70 years old. And then more jokes happen. Mrs. Garrett makes continues to make a fool out of herself yeah, over yeah. this guy yeah. and um then Tootie says oh the new curtains that you ordered arrived and she says oh henry maybe you could help me put them up and he's like well of course i do have to make a phone call first my answering service remember answering oh services yeah. so she directs him to the parlor and the That's phone right. in there yeah. so while he's gone the girls are all like oh Bringing them up to your bedroom to hang the curtain. Right, right. Yeah, Blair of all things. Yeah. Yeah. But um, she says, no, no, no. It's not like that. Stop. Mrs. Garrett is pretty conservative. But she does say, oh, no, he's not just a teacher. She says, he's a visiting professor. And I'm like, Bates is a high school like Eastland. Bates is like a a prep school. Uh It's not a college so you're, I don't think you can be a visiting professor at a high school. Isn't that weird? Or am I crazy? So, okay, because I was thinking, that's where I was confused too, because I was like, is this supposed to be a continuing? Yeah, no, but Bates. But they're, yeah, they're teenagers, so they're in high school. Yeah, high school, yeah. And, and I, okay. This is the senior year for Blair and Joe. Natalie right, is a junior. Right. Tootie's a sophomore. Right. And, um... But the thing is... No, you're not a visiting professor in high school. I don't... That's it. Now, he Unless has he been. giving a, a speech or something, or a, some kind of a workshop or something, yeah. maybe, but not yeah. typically. Or, or if you teach, you know, in his side time, if he teaches a class at the local college, Langley, if you teach at a college, you can be a professor. You're adjunct. Like, the term professor is the term for teacher at a college. Yeah. Yeah. And so... Uh, Anyway. See, that's how I took it at first, is that he was actually at a, <clears throat> at a school somewhere nearby. I didn't it, think he was it, yeah. there. It, no, no, but that's it. Ba- they're, they're at Bates Eastland. Is, okay. Bates is the boys' school that whenever they need to have a dance or okay, have so date, it's, okay. dates so or whatever, it's Bates is where they go to. Bates for dates. Um, <laughs> but she says he's taught at Harvard, Cambridge, Oxford, and 2D... And Natalie is like, oh, can't hold on a job, huh? Natalie is a very funny little naysayer because she's not really convinced that this is all a big thing. Because she's the most concerned over the age difference because her dad's a doctor. And she's like, no, when people get old, they get sick. So fuck that. (laughs) Fuck old people. I hate them. So uh, that's Natalie. Yes. I'm, I'm paraphrasing. But then Mrs. Garrett says, he's traveled the world. His books have been published in seven languages. And then... Girls! Is that your Mrs. Garrett impression? I just like, I'm just listening. I invite people to join me. That's hard to do after you just did such a good one. Oh, stop. But she's always shaking her head and she doesn't have Parkinson's. She's not a Catholic. And the thing, she doesn't, you think she is, but she's not. 
She doesn't shake her head, but that's what her voice sounds like. She just has a natural waver in her voice. <laughs> but then she, we have this Girl. moment where then her talk about him, suddenly her smile gets very serious. <laughs> and she looks over the level of the camera and says... He's a very... Why are you laughing? This is serious. I'm sorry. How right. dare you? I don't, this is such a dramatic show. He's it's a very like, this is us. special man. <laughs> and, and there's this sort of pregnant pause of... Huh? But her face. It was hard to follow the thought. Because I yeah. thought, okay, I think you're supposed to be going this direction. But you stopped off somewhere and got a coffee because I'm confused because yeah. I don't yeah. get it. <laughs> it's, what I think what she was going for is I'm just listing his credits and he's great. And this is the moment of, and I'm really smitten. That's what I would assume. But, but yet then there's this awkward pause didn't... at the end. Like, <laughs> I don't know what they thought was going to happen or if the girls know. were told to give it, give that. You, you got to let that breathe. You got to let that moment yeah. breathe. Yeah. There are too many moments breathed. I know. Un- hold your breath. I, for a I wrote. While. I wrote. Mac trucks. Yeah. <laughs> Mac yes. trucks. Vroom vroom. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> totally. And I've always said that Charlotte Ray flirting is a beautiful oh. sight to behold. Mm. Um, we've not really seen her like in love, and uh, I prefer her flirting. Yeah. Her flirting is fun because she's like, you know, well, yeah. well you like what you see. <laughs> it's so fabulous. So fabulous. <laughs> it's like she's trying to keep it inside. She's going <laughs> to contain herself. And that's where the, <laughs> <laughs> that extra, whatever that is, uh, leaping out. Well. <laughs> Girls. <laughs> there it is. You're doing it. You're doing it. You can, you can continue. And whenever you are inspired. All of my guests are invited to join Where? me. Oh, and, yeah. So then we move into Mrs. Garrett's bedroom. And wow. she pulls out the curtains from the box. <laughs> and the first line, is she goes, oh, oh these are lovely. lovely. Oh. And I turned to you and I went, are they? Because <laughs> like flypaper. It looks they, awful. They were they, they're, they're this shit brown color. <laughs> And they have some weird pattern that doesn't look like it goes with anything in her depressing Holly Hobby room with the floral wallpaper, with the photographs of Eleanor Roosevelt and Martin Luther King and John F. Kennedy on the wall. Just a random, right, right. Of I mean, like right by the door, like she like kissed her hand and kissed the picture <laughs> as she left the door. All oh, right, right. Gotcha, JK. It's it's Laverne okay. and Shirley kissing right, right, right. the kissing the <laughs> exactly. the, the no. Beatles on the way All out right, the Martin, door. We've got a dream. I'm keeping it alive. Exactly. Okay. Oh, Eleanor, <laughs> I hope you weren't a dyke. But um, so the thing is, we've discussed on the show before how depressing the decor in Mrs. Garrett's room is, how Uh, all the dark wood tones matched with the overly floral holly hobby wallpaper. And and, uh, it's just... The only thing that's missing is about 10 cats. Yeah, exactly, exactly. No offense to cat lovers. I love cats. I'm a cat lover too. Just saying. But the four-poster bed. And, (laughs) you know, it's just all this sort of colonial, early American furniture it's just it's oh it is so beyond matronly it's like yes if she said she inherited the entire room including the wallpaper from her grandmother <laughs> we'd have been like yeah, yeah I, I buy can, it i see that yeah so she pulls out these fogly curtains <laughs> 
props. Didn't want to add some color. Right, exactly. But they're this. I had this in my car. Here, put this on. Yeah, exactly. Just throw that that on the set. Yeah, I I took them down out of the bathroom (laughs) or something. It's an old shower curtain for me. Just throw it in there. So uh, they get into a conversation. He says it reminds him of something that he saw when he was in Tahiti with his first wife. Right. And she says, "Um, oh, Tahiti. And she says it would be beautiful. It wouldn't. It must be beautiful there. And he says, well, I was thinking maybe next summer you and I could go there. And she has this. Uh, <laughs> That's the weirdest. Weirdest. Weirdest reaction. It's like she started. So bizarre. To, started to think about it. And then all of a sudden she got like, like really like a disgusting gas bubble or something. Yeah. Just took over and she thought. Oh, yeah. oh, I didn't pay the electric. Oh, shit. And then it, she just went someplace else completely. I didn't get that at all. Yeah, but I th- what it's supposed to... What the, the thought balloon was supposed to be, uh, I'm only dating this man and he's inviting me to go on a trip with him, which is, that's very forward. And, you know, you don't travel with someone... I guess, you know, yeah. The implication that you're sleeping together right, right, and right. sharing... Right quarters and all that so i think that's what the thought balloon was supposed to be and maybe it was to audiences in 1982 maybe they filled that balloon with what the writers wanted you and i are just like and yeah exactly i don't but um i can't recognize that balloon anymore but very quickly after that he says oh i wasn't suggesting anything improper what i had in mind was sort of a honeymoon right and She's like, there's a lot of nonverbal, wide-eyed. It's like, like, what is that? You're right. It has to be. the. the, And so she's like, what are you saying? And he says, I was once very happily married. With you, I could be happy again. And she says, are you asking me to marry you? And he's like, yes. And she says, we've only been dating for three months. And so he says, well, think about it. And she says, I will. Like, you know, this. I can't make this decision quickly. And uh-huh. he says, of course, we'll think about it. So then... I know what you're going to say. He kisses her. <clears throat> and they come... Oh, and, and the curtain... He says, this this curtain rod is loose. And she's like, oh, I better get a screwdriver. <laughs> and so he kisses her. And they I break... got your screwdriver, baby, right here. <laughs> there you go. All right. <laughs> <laughs> and Ew. so she... They, they have the kiss... And then they break from the kiss. And again, drive a truck through the paws of her just looking off. <laughs> just, just stays in, in, in the sense of, you know, the idea of, I've just kissed someone and I'm in a stupor and I have no words. And finally, she breaks it. I better go get that screwdriver. <laughs> and goes off into the other room. <laughs> and you're like, what? <laughs> it's very, very weird. And she's on a ride, but I don't know which one. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm not sure. It was really... I I mean, I get, I think, what their intention was each time this moment happened. But at the same time, it was so poorly executed. Yeah. I couldn't help. Like, like be an acting critic. Like, oh, yeah. God. And so then we go in the girl's bedroom. Really, it's nothing really happens here other than she tells the girls that she's going to, she tells the girls that he has proposed to her. Right. And the only moment of note 
is she's she's still in her happy place. <laughs> and so they say, well, you haven't known him very long. And she says, nope. And he's ready to marry you? Yep. yep. And you're considering it? Yep. And Joe says, well, this is like talking to Gary Cooper. Right. And I turned to you and went, how the hell would she know who that is? And I don't even understand that reference. Wait, what? I know, exactly. I, I agree. I don't either. Yup, yup, nope. Is that a Gary Cooper thing? I, I'm not really that familiar with Gary Cooper's work. And you know who else is not familiar with Gary Cooper's work? Joe. A teenager, a, a, an 18-year-old teenage girl in 1982. Right, exactly. No. What the fuck? <laughs> Was that? And that's not the last time Joe has us scratching our heads. We've got another one coming up yeah, yeah. later where it's like, you you literally was just like, we just need a joke I and Nancy McKeon needs a line. Yeah, Yes. And that shows the age of the writer. Yeah, offense, exactly. But, you know, I, oh I joke, God. the middle-aged vaudevillian writers. Wow. Yeah. Um, schmackety. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's so true. But Mrs. Garrett says... Um, how often does someone like him come along? He's brilliant. He's worldly. And Natalie says, he's 70. <laughs> and she says, "What?" Mrs. Garrett says, come on, you girls know. He's in better condition than men half his age. And then we hear, oh, from the other room. <laughs> um, and it's like, what is that? And there's another, oh. Like, like they have no idea what this could possibly be. <laughs> And she says, oh, that's Henry. And they rush out, quick fade to commercial. So it's like, what's happened? Oh, gosh. But but what a weird, oh, this, <laughs> this almost ghostly-like thing. As opposed to crash. Right. Ow. Edna. Something, right? Edna, help. <laughs> you know. Edna. No, no, it'll be more mysterious, David, if he does this strange little howl because the audience that's watching this show is not smart enough they're to not, know what's, yeah. what's happening. So <laughs> so they're on the edge of their seats as we were clearly watching this. Cliffhanger. We hear that howl and we think, oh, my lord, a coyote is in the midst. I better go get some chips and stock up and go pee during this commercial <laughs> and get right back here and sit my happy ass down yeah. to be here for this amazing reveal. I'm not flipping. Oh my God. Not flipping the channel during it that commercial. It was the old man. Who knew? I Shock. You hear me? Shock. Shocked. Shocked. Shocked and dismayed. Um, so we're at the commercial and Kathy, <laughs> during the commercials when I like to do a little getting to know you with my guests. Oh, and I get Getting to ask to you about your life you. and your career. Oh, my God. Really? Yes. Do you really want to know that? Okay. Yes, okay. I do. Right. So, Kathy, where were you born? I was born in northern Illinois, mm -hmm. Rockford, Illinois, which is by Chicago. Uh-huh. So. Is that the home of the Rockford Peaches from A League of Their Own? <gasps> Why, yes, it is, David <gasps> Almeida. Yes. I know my history. Yes. From movies. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. <laughs> I wouldn't have known that otherwise. Oh, that is home of the Rockford it Peaches. It really is. Yep. Shut up. Yeah. That's cool. And... And, and it is also the home of the sock monkey. Yes. What? Yes. That's where it was invented? Looking at a girl from where the sock monkey was invented. Yes. You know, my best friend, Steve Miller, has an irrational fear of sock monkeys. <laughs> I, I'm really happy I am you told not, me that. I am not kidding. He oh, thinks they are God. creepy. And so he hates them. So we torture him with them all the so time. So if I run into you at Fringe, I need to have a sock monkey in my do pocket. It, do it. To, I mean, shouldn't up, everyone, though, really? Sneak up on Steve Miller. I would love it. That's awesome. Yes. 
Yes, the um, mouth of the sock monkey is the heel it, of the sock. Is the, yeah, it, and, and it, it looks like sewn together. He says it looks like sewn together lips of a corpse, you know? <laughs> so where did you go to school uh, to learn the techniques of your theatrical arts? Oh, my goodness. Well, in that case, um, I guess I really I didn't study until I got to Northern Illinois University. Mm-hmm. I got did my you associates do... first, and then I transferred there. To... Okay, now did you do theater before that? Did you perform? I did as a kid, or I, no, no, high not school? at all. I actually got into theater because I only had one friend, and I was afraid of losing her. Oh, <laughs> that is the saddest, the saddest, oh. very darkest truth. I was worried about um, never having any friends, and here's the shy girl who was afraid to speak in front of people. Now I'm going to sing. Yeah, wow. Because <laughs> that's easy. Sure. And it was probably the most terrifying, most horrific audition that ever was, and the most <laughs> terrifying experience of my life. And you got Mama Rose and Gypsy. And I swear to God, I never felt more happy. I just, I did not get cast. It was awful. I mean, it was awful. Yeah. yeah. But I did it, and I didn't die. Yeah. And I learned a very important lesson there. So that's also the facts of life, children. Yes. You know? To my fives of listeners. I faced my fear, and I don't know how it happened, but the, the joy of facing my fear literally carried me through to the next year, and I auditioned again. Huh. Yeah. And... And where did you go to college? Uh, it was in DeKalb, Illinois, so Northern Illinois, mm-hmm. NIU. Supposedly John Malkovich went there. <gasps> really? But then he left because he couldn't handle it. Yeah. It's too difficult. Yeah. Go to Steppenwolf. No. <laughs> then what, what, connect the dots, how did you come to be in Orlando and become the uh, theme park amazing performerist that oh, you Oh, yes, amazing theme became. park performer. <laughs> yes. Um, Oh, my goodness. Well, honestly, um, my brothers have a family meat market, okay? And when I was 14, I started working there. And I knew that if I did not leave at some point, I would be not only 14, I would be 44, I'd be 84, Mm -hmm. and I'd still be working there. Yeah. And I knew that I had to get out or that would be it. So two weeks after college graduation... um, I had an opportunity to move to Florida, and mm. I said to, to myself, I said, you know what? The place that I've always had consistently a good time was Disney World, mm-hmm. and it might be cheesy to a lot of people and this and that, but we always had so much fun when we came on our family vacations. And I went, I know one thing, and I know that I do not want to be miserable. True. <laughs> I do not want to stay in a climate that is going to make me depressed which is a very difficult thing when you're in the north and that, oh, yeah. that, that seasonal Preach. depression can get to you and the, the cold and the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So I literally packed two bags. I didn't even have suitcases. <laughs> I, had, I literally had a carpet bag like friggin' Mary Poppins. <laughs> Not even an umbrella. And I grabbed my comforter and I jumped in the, into a car <laughs> of a practical stranger and moved to Florida and... Wow. Ended up getting a job at um, at uh, the Hollywood Studios, which was then MGM. Mm-hmm. And what was your first job? I worked at Superstar Television. I remember it, that. Yeah, I got a job, and I was, you know, basically 
somebody who held cue cards next to the host for superstar television and mm-hmm. you know did little spiels and know oh, you know okay you know whatever it was and that it theater was now is where the frozen sing-along celebration yes, is yes sir it has had many things in Same there one. in between but that that building still stands and then you and i met at sleuth's mystery dinner theater we did i still work you do not because you have abandoned us to I get did. a legitimate job i'm sorry Blah. But since we're talking about it, blah, blah, <laughs> uh, discuss your your post-performance uh, oh, career, oh where you are goodness. now. Well, it's, uh, it's dramatically different from, um, from acting, I'll tell you. Um, I went back to school, and I do occupational therapy mm-hmm. with kids who are challenged in various ways. So I'm a pediatric occupational therapist. Thank you. Wow. Um, I know it makes it sound so smart, but really I'm not. I work with children <laughs> because that way I feel smarter. That's, that's the thing. It is, it is amazing. Wow. Um, and it's one of the most rewarding things I've ever done, though, I have that, to say. I was just going to ask you that, and I'm so happy Thank you. that you found it. And the beautiful thing I've said many, many times is that our arts community is so rich in Central Florida. When the time comes, when you want to come back to the stage, oh. when you can make the time between family and career, the stage will always be here. Yeah. It will be there that for you. That was a lovely thing to say, though. Thank oh, you. Yes. I miss you so terribly. I resent this podcast. We hung out a little bit beforehand, and I was like, well, fuck, we got to do the podcast now, and oh, I just want to sit and talk to you and catch up and stuff. But it has been awesome. We need to do this more. God damn it. We need <laughs> to make the time and do it more. All right. Pinky, mm. pinky promise. Pinky promise. Pinky, pinky promise. swear. Okay, We're going to hang out swear. more. It's happening. You need to do even it. Even though you yes. can't see it. Oh, and I just hit my elbow from At, that pinky swear. Oh, dear. <laughs> it's cursed. It's cursed. <laughs> so let's get back to the show. Sorry. Okay, yes. We are back okay. from commercial. Mrs. Garrett's bedroom. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. That was Mrs. Garrett's. That's her light Exciting. motif. Every time I say <laughs> Mrs. Garrett. Oh. That gets annoying. laughing. Oh. Um, Oh, uh, girls! Yeah, we've got um, we've got Henry laying on Mrs. Garrett's bed. <laughs> laying on Mrs. Garrett? Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> and she is propping him up with some pillows. Mm-hmm. And the long and short of it is, he's thrown out his lower back. He's had some degenerating disc problems. Blah blah blah. And he says the only cure is just sitting, laying down, and letting it work itself out. And Mrs. Garrett says, well, you're not moving until I nurse you back to health. And he says, it usually takes a month, month. or so. <laughs> no. First of all, um, Joe is the one that's like, well, let's, let's clear out here. And Joe says, and uh, Mrs. Garrett, you need to help me get the rollaway bed to set it up in our room where you are going to be sleeping. Right. Meaning... Suddenly, Joe is the, <laughs> the moral compass of the show. <laughs> the, the, she's the virgin alarm, the, the right. chastity belt gatekeeper. It's like right. you were the one that was trying to get married when you were 16. You but. Know, that's exactly what you were saying before is, oh, Joe needs a line. Uh, exactly. Let's never say this. Yeah. It's like they wrote the lines and then went back and went, okay. All right. Natalie says this. Yeah. Natalie yeah. Says yeah. Exactly. I, I agree. And um, so... <laughs> He does ask her about the proposal, and she says she's thinking about it, because that was literally 20 minutes ago. Right, yeah. <laughs> when I said I have to think right. about it, I meant longer than 20 fucking minutes. <laughs> right. And um, so 
just when we thought that the room was ugly and those curtains were going to make it uglier, she realizes the brilliant idea of pulling a horn off the wall. Yes! That we did not see there. No! And hands it to him and basically says, you know, honk if you need something. So it says, <laughs> it's this awful walrusy sounding big gigantic old ju- i mean that, i don't even know what this horn was my mother's <laughs> <laughs> she she used to honk it oh i remember the days every christmas my mother would take the horn and do the ceremonial honk <laughs> what the hell where the what, did you the... pick that shit up but at the know. same time it's like did, you know it's like of course that's on the wall that fits perfectly with the what the hell <laughs> the decor it's like what? <laughs> anyway, um, so, but the thing is, but so the plan is clearly he's going to stay there. It's like not well. Oh, it takes a month to work it out. Okay, well, you're gonna be in a little bit of pain when they put you on the stretcher and wheel your fucking carcass right. out of here. You can't stay here. <laughs> what the shit? <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> what the shit? What the shit? <laughs> I know. No, it's it's just the the dialogue is a little all too convenient, you know. Uh, I mean, the it's fact like, that it's just like I have to lay down in a bed for a month. Oh, okay. Well, I guess yeah, you're I there. Right. Cool. Let's go have some juicy fruit. It's Nobody's like, got a phone that they're gonna reach over and go. Really? Is that how long it takes to? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just look this up. Well, well, man, that shit ain't right. Yeah, That's ridiculous. Yeah get, yeah, get the rotary phone to dial WebMD. <laughs> but um. <laughs> But, um, so yeah. So then we go to another later scene in the hallway and now we're in our school uniforms. So time has passed. Tootie and Natalie appear. Tootie is really hung up as the romanticist of this episode. All she literally says all the time. Oh, it's so romantic how Mrs. Garrett's been nursing him back to health. (laughs) And Natalie's like, God damn it. That's annoying. And Tootie is just... In this state of bliss, of it's like what is? I don't remember. Was Tootie like that in other episodes? No, no. She was more matter of fact, wasn't she? Uh, Yeah, no. Tootie likes boys, but like Natalie's the boy crazy one. Blair is probably more the romanticist. Yeah, she was the romanticist. I I guess, but Tootie's been like this, but never to this extent. I mean, it's uh, anyway. Um, so. Mrs. Garrett comes running up like a servant. And she was like, was that Henry's horn? And goes running in the room. Oh, you honked. <laughs> I love the way a man honks. All right, sorry. You're a honk who honks. That <laughs> <laughs> was a reach. Had a good one, though. <laughs> so um, he is in the bed. Now he's in his pajamas. He is moved the fuck in. Yep. So you can change out of your gym suit and into your pajamas. Clearly. But you can't be put in a wheelchair <laughs> and walk down some stairs. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, I, yeah, dude. Yeah, 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 that's a little far reaching. I but know. anyhow. And really, he has very quickly become a fussy, bitchy pain in the ass. Right. And he's like, I can't find my fingernail clippers. And she's like, well, here. And he's like, no, those are my toenail clippers. They're totally different. And she says, I brought them. I know I brought them with this other stuff from your apartment, like your pipe and this and that. Oh, here they are and everything. And then a weird moment. Blair comes in, 
So, how were we doing today? Yes, very weird. Yep, yep. And he says, You know the use of the plural pronoun we in a condescending manner to talk to an individual? Is one of my peeves. <laughs> and he gets so angry. And, and just like, freezes with this mm, sourpuss face. And it was so, what a weird acting choice. As opposed to just continuing... <laughs> You know, when people do that, that's a pet peeve of mine. Like, you shouldn't. Yeah. And honestly, he's an English lit professor. Right. He could have totally chosen the condescending. Right. I'm your ah, uh, 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 that's not really the right way to talk right. angle. He could have just been an asshole. See, now, there are so many moments like that that you're like, okay, is, this is a poor choice on behalf of the actor. But who the hell allowed that to go through? Thank you. <laughs> Who's the, the director? Uh, yeah. I... I I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't yeah. know. I don't but get But that it. was, that's the only moment for him that I was like, ooh, Ew. dude. Yeah. The rest of it's Pull pretty it nice. Pull it back. Pull um, it back. Uh, Natalie has a lovely little bit of like, wow, he's looking a lot better. Isn't he looking better? <laughs> right. Wow. You look like you might soon be feeling well enough to get up and get out. <laughs> and Natalie's, Natalie's got the right attitude. We right. are on Natalie's side right. here. Yeah, we are definitely on team Natalie. Um, and Agreed. he is just like, well, this this room is beginning to resemble a slumber party, and blah, blah, blah. and I can't sleep with that horrible music they have across the hall. Doesn't anybody know any Mozart around <laughs> here? And it's like, yeah, we know Mozart, but we don't play it because we're eighteen and it's, it's nineteen eighty two. Right. You right. old fucking codger, right, 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 right. and you're a guest here. Uh, yeah. show some gracious. You know, I hope it's not too much of a trouble. Thank you so much. I really feel bad for inconveniencing you. Nothing. It's like you, you asshole. It's like, it's like okay, guys, we've got six minutes to fill. Let's see. I'm going to go ahead and put all these lines in here right now. Now yeah. you're going to just have to jump to this moment do it, real do quick. It, do it, yeah. Real quick. Let's go, people. Come yeah. on. Emotional shorthand. Emotional <laughs> shorthand. But then, so the scene then goes to a little bit later, I think the same day, Mrs. Garrett's bedroom. And Joe comes in. Here's the newspaper that I that you asked me to bring you. And he's like, um, and he honks the horn. And Joe says, Wow, you you'd do a great harpo. Holy crap. And he says, hmm? And she said, Joe. Right, right. Who has Joe. never done anything well, like know, this before? She's very up on Gary Cooper. And, and, and now she says, and then she mimics the cigar and does her Groucho impression. What like Joe has hell? never, ever done before and will never, ever do again after this. She never. goes, say the secret white and win $100. Which is, even if you knew who the Marx Brothers were, okay, maybe okay. Yeah. There's Why been, would you know You Bet Your Life, which was that old, old, old yes. show with <laughs> the duck that came down. Right I know. There. It's like, yeah. <laughs> uh, so... Uh, he's mad because the financial really... section from the paper's missing. She picked up tobacco for him because she's a child <laughs> buying tobacco. I missed that. She picked up tobacco? Yeah, and he, he it was the wrong cut. Like, it was the right flavor, but the wrong, like, it was coarse versus I kept looking at, at the newspaper and, like, yeah. yeah. But no, she picked up tobacco. I mean, technically, Joe is 18. So I guess she, if if uh, if 18 could buy cigarette products... I guess. In New York in well, 1982. Well, if anybody there is going to buy cigarettes, it would be the the ruffian that's, yeah. that is Joe. Yeah. So um, then in comes Mrs. Garrett and Natalie. And you, Kathy, lost your mind. 
when they walk in and they put their arms around each other like they're presenting themselves to him oh like a God. sister vaudevillian oh, act and mrs garrett says um <laughs> natalie and i are going to a save the whales rally <laughs> And you Why? were like, save the whales? <laughs> <laughs> Why? Why did they choose Natalie for that? No. Uh, no. Yeah. Not oh, cool. Couldn't she have Tootie if they had to push the whole save the whales thing? No. <laughs> yeah. It's it's like, no. But anyway. Um it's it's pretty bad. And the other but the other thing going on here is we have never really gotten political to suddenly have a save the, the whales, whales, which is a super crazy that was at the time a crazy liberal thing to right, do. Right. And remember, this is Reagan's America now. Yep. I this was is say. Reagan's uh-huh. been president for about a almost two, two years, years now. And it, Reagan's America was very conservative, uh-huh. and the you know the save the whales, no nukes yep. thing that yep. was that was considered kind of nut jobbery yep. almost. Yep. And um and it's so weird to suddenly attach this very political thing to the girls or Mrs. Garrett or whatever, and um he responds with. Well, why are you going to a rally for whales? Have whales ever put on a rally to save people? It's a weird choice because, okay, we get that you're trying to be as opposite yeah. of this, per, you know, person as possible. You know, you're being liberal-minded and so forth. And then... And he says it's a waste so, of time. He's so uptight. And, and um, he says, Edna, if young people got as excited about their grades as they are about their whales, rock and roll, and narcotics, we'd all be much better off. <laughs> And even she says, isn't that a bit judgmental, Henry? This is literally like a woman dating a guy and then being like, what? You voted for Trump? What? Uh You know what I mean? I mean, Uh there's clearly a very opposite political ideal. Right. And and things weren't nearly as polarized back then as they are now. But still, that stuff is important. People probably work through it a little bit better. But the deal is, that's one of those things where it's like, oh, you probably should have kind of already had a sense of that by now. Yeah. Three months, if if you're feeling that close. Totally crossed my mind, too. Yeah. But did they not talk throughout any of this? Yeah. How do you not know? That's, and, that's at the base core. You're, that's your value system. Yeah. How do you say that you're infatuated with somebody when you don't have a grip on that yet? Uh-uh. That's weird. Yeah. That's very weird. And then um, Tootie brings him, that moment is broken by Tootie bringing him cocoa, puts it down on the table, says, I put a marshmallow in it. And he does say, oh, that's lovely, dear. He doesn't say thank you, but he does say something thank you adjacent, where, oh, that's nice, dear, or something, and calls her dear. And then Tootie sits on the bed next to him. (laughs) There is a chair next right. to the bed. Right. But right. she sits on the bed next to him <laughs> like a 15-year-old teenage girl. No. <laughs> Help me. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that would be a that little did, creepy. Did, did that strike you? That, a as, little okay. creepy. Yeah. 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 Okay, good. And um, I just thought who directed this because it, there, there were a lot of strange directing yeah. choices. We'll put it that way. Yeah. Yeah. So then... <laughs> 
Um, Judy says, point flat out. So, if you guys get married, is Mrs. Garrett going to move in with you, or are you going to live here? And he's like, you told him about my proposal. And she's like, well, yeah. And he's like, well, it seems as though my private life is going to be on the 11 o'clock news around here. And um, the girls are like, well, you have our blessings. We're we're totally on board. This is cool. We we think it's great. And he's like, well... Do you really need the blessings from these girls? They seem to be far too much. They right. seem to have far too much say in your life as it is. And Mrs. Garrett just pauses and says, Girls, go save the whales without me. And I'm waiting for her to just <laughs> and, <clears throat> and yeah. And here's the deal. And she goes to the door and kisses Martin Luther King's picture. <laughs> We're going to be free at last. Yes, <laughs> yes exactly. <laughs> oh, my Lord. So she goes into this weird... God, the writing so takes a weird turn here. She starts saying, I could never live with you. Your apartment is so civilized and immaculate. Basically, she says he's a neat freak. He, he keeps his fridge in alphabetical order. Ha ha ha, there's a laugh. Right, yeah. And then she says, I've imagined what we'd be like together. And we're fighting about something. And I don't remember the... We're arguing about whales. And then she says... How do you feel about non-union lettuce? <laughs> it, again, this is liberal, li- 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 liberal it shit real, right, for the right, time. Right, right. It gets and he says, political. and he says, I don't really think about it. And she says, Well, you should if you eat salad. And she said, In our house or in in this house, we always look for the union label. Which was a marketing camp. Look camp-. for the, the union, union label when you are buying a Yeah, that was a big thing. Um, but again, union—that's that's such oh a lefty God. liberal thing. Yep. And um, and he says to her, "Oh, Edna, why do you fill your life with all this clutter? Like, it's just aren't you being silly?" Yeah. Um, and then the discussion gets to we haven't discussed love. And now, supposedly, <laughs> the deal breaker in this conversation is she, he says, love is something that young people do. It's, this, right, it's right. this silly fancy like these. You've been living with these teenagers too long to want this silly notion of love. And he says, and it makes people idiots. And he lists right. off some things. And Mrs. Garrett's yeah. like, yeah, I love one of those. Right. She right. wants to be in love. Um. And so she says, I'm impressed by you, but love is a different thing. And she says, the answer is no. But, but right then I went, okay, why are you smiling? She says, the answer is no. And he has this almost relieved, uh, well, I yeah. tried anyway, kind of looked. <laughs> I thought of it and I'm thinking it might have been an attempt to play up that he understands and it's okay. He's not mad. I'm sure. He's not sad. Um, but... Uh, the last thing is he says, give me a kiss. I want to find out what I'll be missing. So she goes over to him to kiss him. And the final joke, the punchline of the whole episode, just as she's about to start to kiss him, she backs off and says, wait, how's your heart? Right. (laughs) Right. But I mean, we, on this show... I don't love you, but I'm really going to give it to you right now. Exactly. It's like... Is he going to cop a feel just for the road? But um, 
It's like they wrote the script and then cut a whole bunch of it out and pieced things together and gave lines that were intended for somebody else to somebody else and just kind of, oh, well, we'll just do this. Here you go. We'll just, we'll, we'll figure it out. And then the actors are left to have to try to make it work. Yeah. Which, and you know that feeling. Been there, done that. Yes. Over and over. And we joke about, we, we have notes for the writers that we do. And then I'm going to send them back in the time machine and tell them to fix them. But the the thing about this is when that door shut and Mrs. Garrett is about to have the heart to heart where she says no. Right. I would like throw out that entire scene. Throw the whole fucking thing out. Agreed. Because Agreed. the thing that drives me crazy is when the most obvious thing that needs to be said is not said. And the most obvious thing is she needs to say to him, Henry, you are being an unreasonable asshole. I know you're in pain, but you still need to be a kind person to me and my girls. We're doing you a favor letting you stay here. Perfect. Yep. And do you really think that the things I believe in are silly and a waste of time? These are things that are important to me. What, why would you want to marry me if you're going to be dismissive of the things that have some value for me? What has value for you other than listening to Mozart and complaining about young people? Right. She should have taken him to fucking task. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. She led him off so damn easy to the point of kissing him at the end. She should have walked over and slapped him across the face and said, I don't care uh-huh. if you are wailing in pain. Get the fuck out of my house. <laughs> yep. I would have I capped off. Thing. I can't believe I was even considering being with somebody who is so completely ungracious and ungrateful and dismissive of the amount of charity and inconvenience we're going to. How dare you? Right. But then I want to take it the next step. We've talked on this show about how... Mrs. Garrett is so perfect. How one of the problems with her character being bland is that she is at times without any flaws. This is where she could have gone to the girls and, you know, every show has a lesson. This is a lesson show because it is a... I was waiting for that. Like, like, uh, I don't know. I was waiting for a little tie up with the the girls at the end. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, And, and the lesson she should have gone to the girls afterwards and have him say so what what happened in there right. and she said the engagement is we're not no there there is no engagement type of a thing and have the girls say oh we're sorry but have mrs it's- garrett say to the girls i really got carried away yeah. i was so dazzled with all of his credits and his credentials and his charms that i really didn't right i i take some responsibility that i didn't really try to get to know him and I didn't understand who he was and what his values were. Absolutely. What a great, important lesson for young girls to see. Yes. You know, I was in love with being in love. I yeah. was not in love with this person. I was in love with the idea of yeah. it. I wanted to be in love. But reality. And she could have directed that directly to Tootie, the romantic of the group, and say, don't lose that idealism. It's it's a wonderful thing to want to be in love, but be in love for the right reasons, reasons. and with the right person. Right. That could have been the great lesson of this show, and that could have been a point in the show where a flaw in Mrs. Garrett is revealed. And they could have even punched that up earlier with the fact that she was more carried away 
Absolutely. with that than who he is. Do you think that was kind of the overall style of the shows in the 80s, though? They didn't delve deep. Those The sitcoms... Yeah, I think not... the, the best word is shitty would be how you describe it. <laughs> I mean, because, you know, <clears throat> they didn't get real deep in, no. into the, the character development of things and like, like today. Uh, agreed, but this is a show that has dealt with abortion, well, yeah, that's suicide, true. Oh, that's um, true. Groundbreaking uh, there. Uh, plagiarism honesty, teenage marriage, teen pregnancy. I mean, this show has taken it upon itself to be an issue-driven show at times because it's a Norman Lear. It was developed by Norman Lear. Right, right, right. So it still has that little vein running through it. So when the shows are this off, it really sticks out like a sore thumb. So, Kathy, this is where we, we take our leave. But before we go, the last thing i will ask of you think of a random commercial from your childhood anything you can think of when i say a commercial from your childhood what comes to mind i don't know why but the first thing was oh cedar makes your life easier i don't know why oh Oh, cedar was a broom (laughs) (laughs) i don't know it's the first very first thing that flashed into my mind i am going to find that wait a minute (laughs) oh well what? <laughs> we just watched it on YouTube. Oh my god! I'm gonna post why. this. Well, there you go. So on that note, <laughs> Kathy, I am so glad you made the time. You are a visit. <laughs> it's getting late. And... I'm a visit. <laughs> what? What does that mean? Uh, you are a very busy woman juggling a career and your children and your... It's hard to juggle children, too. When <laughs> they fall, they cry. And they're, and they're so five annoying. years apart, so the, the difference in weight, <laughs> I'm sure. But I'm that good, David. I am that <laughs> so good. For mom. That's right. You've never heard it on the news uh, yet. No neighbors have complained well, in the <laughs> Well, I'm so glad that this, uh, this brought us together. I'm so glad it brought you to the house. I hope you'll come back. Thank you. I love that and uh, until then, I love you. I adore you. I miss you. And goodbye. I love you too. Goodbye and thank you. Mwah. <laughs> and there you have it. That was Kathy Bakerwood. God, I love her so much. It just, like, I love her. That's it, really. Nothing else to add to what's already been said. Next week, I'm going to be watching Season 4, Episode 12, A Royal Pain. And I'm going to have another special guest. That's all for this week. Thank you so much for listening to the show. And remember, the facts of life are all about you. Let's Face the Facts was produced, written, hosted, and edited by me, David Almeida. My theme song was beautifully arranged and recorded by Ned Wilkinson. Our website is facethefactspod.com. You have to drop the let's. And that's where you can find extra pictures, video, and audio extras from the digital cutting room floor. Follow the show on social media. We're everywhere under the handle Face the Facts Pod. You can become a patron of the show by going to patreon.com slash face the facts pod. And don't forget, go to your favorite podcatchers and subscribe, rate, and review. Tune in again next week for another thrilling episode of Let's Face the Facts. <laughs> <laughs>